Hi, this is Pastor Don from Perry Hall Family Worship Center. I'm so glad that you joined into our service today. We are blessed that you are part of it. And you know, my prayer for you is this, that you will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and most of all, you'll be challenged by the Word of God today. So just get ready and join into the services. Service has already begun. God bless you. Okay, we're back into our lessons in Ephesians. Now, it's important to remember, and I, I know I repeat myself on this one particular point, but it's important to remember who this letter is being written to or wrote to. We know that Paul wrote it, okay? We know that, and we know it's going to the saints. Now, it's talking to the saints, and it's, and it's telling them about their life, and it's telling them about other things as well. So it's important to realize that because as we go through these next couple verses, as we're in um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, we're going to be learning a whole lot just in three verses. And I was, I was looking through this and I'm saying, you know what? I can stay on verse 1 the whole sermon. I really can without a problem and probably a few sermons. But we're going to just kind of hit a couple verses. And I'm calling this today our pre-journey. I know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but just stick with me. You know, we're, we're all on a journey. And I'm talking spiritual journey right now at this point. We're on a spiritual journey. Our relationship with God, we're, on a, we're, we're moving forward. And hopefully we are moving forward in our journey. Now, in life, we know there's plenty of journeys. There's one journey after another, school School's a journey. If you, if you look back, you know, I'm at this age right now where I can, I'm looking back and I'm seeing the journeys. I'm seeing the schools. You know, we went, I went through the school. I'm glad to get out of it. Our jobs, we can look back and we can see our jobs. They were, they were a journey. You're going through journeys right now. Marriage, they're a job. I mean, they're, they're a journey. <laughs> I, I, really, I didn't mean to say that. But they're, but they're a journey. You know, we're going through it. Raising kids. Now, again, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm looking back. What a journey that was. We have five granddaughters now. So we can look at that and we say, well, I can remember the journey that our, our kids are on right now, raising their kids. But raising kids is a journey, without a doubt. But with every journey, there's a starting, starting point. There's a beginning. There's a pre-journey. I'm using this word pre-journey. This is something that takes place before you start the journey. You, get, you start working on a couple of things. Spiritually, as I said, we're on a journey. And even our journey we're on had a starting point. And what is your starting point? Well, hopefully you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's your starting point. But before that, you have a journey. You're on a journey. Now... A lot of people have not made Jesus Christ Lord of their lives. And you'll hear it every day, every Sunday, you'll hear it some form or another. You have to make Jesus Lord of your life. And until you do that, you're not a saint, according to the Bible. Saints are alive. They're living. They're not, they're not, you don't become a saint when you die. You become a saint when you're alive here on earth. So until you make Jesus Lord of your life, you're on the pre-journey, and hopefully you'll make a decision before it's too late. But again, before the journey, something has taken place. 
before college, you're thinking, okay, what, what field do I want to get into? Do I want to get into engineering? Do I want to get into doctor, business, whatever it may be? You're thinking that out. And then you're beginning to look into schools, colleges. What college do I want to get to? How much do I want to spend? How far do I want to drive? All these different things in this selection stage. Before a marathon, the runners, they're training. They're working out before they, before they hit the starting line. Before marriage. A lot takes place before marriage. I mean, we, we can talk about that journey. Well, let's talk about it a little bit. The dating even before the dating, what took place, the eye contact, okay? The eye contact, we all had that eye contact and we get this big smile and we're like, we're on cloud nine and it's just radiating from us that, that first time. If you're not sure what I'm talking about with that, look, take a look at Lisa when, she, when you leave. You'll see she still has that, she still has that glow going on. <laughs> I'm getting thirsty now. <laughs> but, but then you do the dating process. Then you say, you know what? I think we can do this. Let's get married. Then you're going through the, you're beginning that journey. You know, you were in the pre-journey, but now you're in the journey of marriage. Yeah, you got, you got bumps along, along the road. You're going through different things. And, you know, I, I can say this. Lisa and I were talking We've, we've been married over 36 years, over 36 years. For me, it's been a journey. If you ask Lisa, she'll say, well, it's been like a walk in the park. Jurassic Park, maybe. But that's what she would say. So anyway, sometimes our pre-journey is in our control, but sometimes it's not. It really isn't. I think of maybe grade school. I didn't have no choice of what grade school to go to. You didn't as well. Our parents put us into that journey. Maybe, maybe you came from a home that had certain challenges, abusive father, something like that, and it kind of put you on a pre-journey that you started and you, don't, you wish you didn't have to start, but you're on it. Of course, we can make the changes, whatever it may be in your life. You know, it's interesting when you start thinking back. Well, today we're going to talk about, again, our pre-journey. And Paul's going to bring out some interesting stuff. As saints, we're on a journey. Now, before you're a saint, you had the pre-journey. And in verses, these three verses, Paul is going to bring out this pre-journey stuff. He's going to bring it out. And he's talking to the Saints again, and he's talking to you and I. So let's read these three verses in Ephesians 2, verse 1. Let the verses, let them get into your spirit. I mean, you could say just three verses. Yeah, just take your time and we'll soak it in. So in verse 1, it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who, ne- who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, 
fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. There's a whole lot there, okay? Whether we like it or not, it's talking about our before, if you will. Paul is given this before and after shot. We won't, we won't get the after shot until next week, but we got to stick with the before a little bit. And you know, the before shot is not a pretty shot. It really isn't. We've seen all this. It's like these, these uh, you see in January, particularly January, these Weight Watcher commercials. You know what I mean? They got the before and after. They got the guy who who's, looks like a whale with legs on or something. I don't know how else to say it. The, the, they are in the, in the worst-looking clothes. They don't have a smile. There's no color in the photograph. That's the before. But then when they have the after, hey, after, this, after losing, you know, 90 pounds, look at me, you know, he's buff and all that kind of stuff. And it almost makes you go back and look, man, this is where I was. Ugh, I didn't like where I was at. And that's the point. And I think Paul is bringing out some point here is that hopefully you didn't like where you're at. And hopefully you're not still where you're at. So we see here in verse one, um, let's just look at verse one again. And you, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, before, before we go a little deeper, let's just start at the beginning. How come we got sin? It goes back to Adam and Eve. You know the story in Genesis. God gave Adam and Eve a simple rule. You know, you can have everything you want in the garden, but this one tree, just stay away from this one tree. You don't, just say, don't touch it, don't eat it, don't, don't do anything with it. So what did they do? They fell into sin. They ate from the fruit. Bible doesn't say apple. It says just fruit of the tree. It could have been an apple, but the Bible doesn't say it. But what did God say before that? He says, if you eat of it, that day you will die. Now, we know the story. They ate. They didn't die that day. They lived on many, many years afterwards. So what died? Their spirit died. A lot of things died. But their spirit died. Their relationship with God was severed. Their relationship with each other was severed as well. Jesus says you must be born again. Born what? There you go. Get that spirit going back again. Because until then, you have a, a dead spirit going on, so to speak. So this is kind of just a little bit of the history. Now, Paul is beginning to identify some of the stuff that we did with our dead spirit. We were, we were really walking dead in one sense. But allow me to explain something in this verse 1, if we can stick on verse 1 for a few minutes. It explains, it talks about this sin and this trespasses. Now, forgive me if I mess up on this word trespass. Lisa and I, we work this sermons quite often, and she kept trying to tell me how to say trespass. And we went four or five times, and she says, forget it. Just say it the way you want to say it. So as I go, you'll hear different ways that I'm saying it, but I'm, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to say trespass. So, but what's the difference between them? You know, at times you can see they work together when you see it in scripture, trespass, sin, they, they go together and sometimes they do, but let's talk about sin for a minute. Okay. So we have, we can see there's a difference. Sin basically means missing the mark. I think we know that it means make a mistake. It is taken from the archer, from the guy shooting the bow and arrow and missing the mark. 
Now, we missed the mark. You missed the mark. I missed the mark. We see it in Romans 3.23. And here's what it says, and I'll add to it a little bit. For all have missed the mark and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. Hey, we're all on the same playing field. You know what I mean? We love to point out, say, oh, your sin's really bad. You're a sinner, you know? Meanwhile, God says, I'm, I'm a sinner as well. But we love to do that for some reason. We love to, and you know, there is different levels of sin. I think we know that. But the bottom line is, we all miss the mark, no matter who you are. And when we continue to look at that, we realize, okay, we know about Adam and Eve. Now we know we're sinners. We can see that behind our sin was sin. But we're coming into this world and we're sinners. Now, what is trespass? What is that? I mean, we know we hear that word enough time. There is a difference. And here's what it means. It means a false step. It means a falling away. It means falling away after being close beside, deviating from the truth, deviating from the truth. You know, it was interesting. Last week, I was... um, I was uh, with Ellie and Dan. I think most of us know Ellie and Dan, good friends, pioneers of the church, I, I say. And we were talking about the sins of the world. <laughs> you know, how, how can people be so blind and see what's going on and they don't understand the sin? They don't understand the trespasses taking place. Well, here it is right here. It's, it's they don't have the spirit of God in them. Their spirit is still dead. But the trespassing part is, is like this. It's the deviating from the truth. And let me give you an example. If there's a fence around a house, okay, maybe even a sign on the fence, you know, don't jump over, don't, no trespassing. But you jump over, you, you committed a trespass. You, you committed, a, you committed a, a crime right there. You know you weren't supposed to, but you did it anyway, okay? You know it was wrong, but you end up doing it anyway. That's what, it, that's what a trespass is. Today, this is why we have fences. This is why we have gates. This is why we have locks. This is why we have lawyers. This is why we have judges. This is why we have contracts. Because people trespass. They step over the line. They step over a line deliberately. They know they're not supposed to. It's kind of like um, we can step over the boundary of the law. Let me give you another example. Running a stop sign. You know you're supposed to stop. Okay, this is a simple one. You know you're supposed to stop, but you go through it. You roll through it. That's a, that's a trespass. You know the speed limit is 55, and you trespass against that. Some people do. I got to watch. I know we got some police here. This is what I'm told anyway. People go over <laughs> that, okay? <laughs> but you knowingly tell a lie. You willfully disobey. Now, I've given you some natural examples, but listen to the spiritual examples that I'm not even saying. You know what I mean? God says, hey, don't do this, but we still do it. This is the sin of the world. And Paul is saying, this is the way it used to be. This is the way it used to be, he says. We're guilty. We're busted of that crime. We got a rab sheet just as long as everybody else does. Because remember, he's talking to the saints. He said, this is the way you guys used to be. You shouldn't be this way now. And if you are this way, well, then you go back and check to see if you're really, you really have a relationship with God. 
You know, I love to come here and give a nice, soft uh, message, and everybody feels good, and everybody goes home excited and everything. But, man, you see the Word of God. It's challenging. It's challenging. And it's challenging you and I to check our own heart out, to make sure that we're right with Him. And that's the message that I bring out. Hey, make sure you're right with God. You know? Sin is our failure, but trespassing is our rebellion. It's rebellion. Look, God, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm doing it anyway. I know this is wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's rebellion. That's trespassing. That's, that's a real problem right there. You see it all the time in people's lives, and we're all guilty of it. Paul says we're all guilty of it. So remember again, and I keep throwing this back, a before shot, a pre-journey. This is the way our life might have been. Well, this is the way our life was when we got started. Hopefully it's not the same. But sin and trespasses, we're guilty. We're guilty of it. Now let's go to verse 2. And you can see how I could just state on verse 1. I could have used more examples, more analogies, and you would have, you would have known exactly what I'm talking about. But it's talking about before Christ in our lives. B.C. us, you know, B.C. you, B.C. me. And that's what it's talking about. And this is why the world is the way it is. In verse 2, it says here, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Now he's saying in which you, he's talking, this is the way you guys used to be. This is the way we used to be. Hopefully you're not this way right now. And if you are, let's get it right before you leave. But when it says you once walked, that means the way you conducted your life. This is the way you conducted your life. You conducted it according to the world. You were a dead person because your spirit was still dead. You weren't born again. You weren't a new creation. You were walking as the world walks. Now, when it says this, when it says disobedient, that word means willful unbelief, refusing to be convinced by God's voice. There's rebellion right there. Yes, disobedience right there. You know you're not supposed to do it, but you do it anyway. Disobedience. You know you're not supposed to act this way. Disobedience. It's trespassing. It's sin. It's wrong. And he's talking about this situation here in verse 2. He says that in which you once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of this age. The prince of the power, you know, that's, that's the devil. That's the devil. That's what that's talking about. We'll get more into that when we get into Ephesians 6. But it's talking about the devil, the rule, the ruling position he has in this world. And he's saying, this is the way you used to do it. This is the way you were, whether you know it or not. You followed along. You went along with everyone else. You did what was right, what you thought was right. You continue to do it because that's the way it is. That's why the world is like it is. It doesn't have Christ in it but it's going to continue to, um, to live according to the prince of the power. The spirit now works in the sons of disobedience, the sons that willingly unbelieve. They don't want to believe. They have a choice, but they choose not to. Let me move to um, our last verse here. I know we're all thinking about the snowballs, right? I am too. I wish they had a pizza-flavored one back there, though. <laughs> and I do see the truck here, so 
Okay, verse 3. Among whom also we, I like how Paul all of a sudden puts we in there because he's just as guilty as, as we are. <laughs> but among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others, living to gratify ourself. Before Christ, we were living to gratify ourself. Let me explain what I'm talking about here. Hey, if it makes me feel good, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to, I want to please myself in, in whatever it may be. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of myself. I deserve it. It's all about me. It's pleasing the flesh. I'll watch what I want to watch. I'll do what I want to do. And by nature, this is the way it is. It's like default because we're born into the world. We're sinners. The Bible says all of sin. And without Christ in us, this is the way it is. We choose to do what we want to do. We want to do it. You know, we want to do it. And before we came to the Lord, we wandered and we did whatever we wanted. We, we didn't have a, a God conscience. We weren't worrying about what God said. You know, we may even known what God said, but we didn't, it doesn't really, it wasn't really um, that important to us. As non-Christians, we, they would believe that their view is more important than God's view. Or their, um, their view was more important than God's commandments. I'll do what I want to do. Oh, yeah, I might do the church thing. You know, I might pray and read. But you know what? I want to do what I want to do. This is the old self. This is the way people are today. They're, they're just looking to satisfy their self. And you know what? Their life reflects it. Their life reflects who they are. It really does. And nowadays, it's not just their life. It's their Facebook. It reflects who they are. We put so much stuff out there on Facebook, people don't realize, wow, this is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holy on this side, but on this side, I'm not really all that holy. We're working both, both sides. But why are these three verses so important? This is not a pretty sermon here. It's not, it's not a real comforting sermon. Oh, this makes me feel good. I'm so excited to leave. It should be con, convin, convicting, maybe, <laughs> you know, challenging. Maybe that's what I want to say. It should be challenging. You should be thinking about, okay, where am I living? Am I living, am I living in, for, the, for the pleasures of me? Am I committing trespasses knowing that I'm not supposed to do this, but I'm doing it anyway? You know, we hear so much. We're hearing so much about a past. And, and some people, and I would be say the same thing. I want to live forward. I want to go forward. I'm going to look in the front window, not the rear view mirror. Old things have passed. I'm going to, I'm going to keep on moving. But it's always important to know where you came from. And Paul is bringing that out. Remember, guys, this is the way you were. Remember that? This was, the, this was the picture where you, you know, it's, it's no color to it and you don't look good and everything else. And this is where you're at now. <laughs> Not perfect, but you're, you're getting there in the Lord. We need to realize where we came from so we'll never forget what Christ has done for us. We can't forget what Christ has done for us. And, you know, for a non-Christian, and I'll say this, a non-saint, a non-saint, if we can't come to the grips of our sins, you know what? We'll never come to God. Hey, I'm okay. That sin's not that bad. That's not, I don't even call it out a sin. That's just bad. I'm not hurting anybody. You don't really need God. That's, that's the way to, 
the non-Christian, the non-saint can feel. But a shallow view of our sin makes for a shallow view of our salvation, makes a shallow view of the cross. When we look at our sin and we say, hey, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I'll get saved and all that. Man, your sin, my sin was a, was a, um, was a guilt, was guilt, is guilty. Is you're, you're, you have been um, tried and you're now being sentenced. Sin sends us to hell. Without Christ, we go to hell. With Christ, we go to heaven. Okay, that's that simple. You may question your salvation. You may say, I don't know if I'm really saved. Well, you should know that you're saved. If you question it, you're not saved. You're not saved. If you're living in the past, you're living in some of this stuff of the of trespass, of walking according to the course of this world, enjoying the, the, the things of the world, enjoying the parties, the nightclubs, enjoying all that stuff. Man, you better, you better check your heart out. Because we know, and you hear me say it so many times, your next breath isn't guaranteed. But we, we, we all here believe the Bible, and we know the Bible says there is a heaven and there is a hell. So the reason why Jesus came is because we're sinners. He loves us. He died for us because we were sinners. We can't do it on our own. So that's our pre-journey, if you will. That's our before shot. Next week, we'll get into the after shot. But we see in these couple verses that we're dead in our trespasses and sin. We can see also that we walk, walking with the world and the devil. This is the, this is the uh, before life. We see that fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. This is an ungodly lifestyle. We also see about the sons of disobedience that are children of wrath. You know, a lot of times we love to, we love to um, talk about the love of God and how much he loves us. And let me tell you something. He loves us. He loves us a whole bunch. He really does. But he's a just God. And he's loved us so much that he came and died for us. And he tells us, we can stand at this time here. He tells us, man, get it right. This is the way you were. Let's be honest. You're a sinner. This before picture, you didn't look pretty. You didn't look pretty. But Paul says, but that's the old. The new's coming. So if I sum it up like this, hearing all this bad stuff, hearing that I'm a sinner, hearing that I'm, I've been running with the world. I'm satisfying my own desires, you know, whatever it may be. How can I get out of this? I mean, really, how can I do this? You really can't, though it does take your part in one sense. But here's what I want to say. Saying all that, our next verse, our first verse for next week, our first two words of this verse is this. But God. But God. So that's where we're going next week. That's going to be the after shot. That's going to be the shot where we look pretty. You know, maybe I'll have a suit jacket on. I don't know. Whatever it may be. But the point really is, is that, but God. Yeah, don't beat yourself up. We're sinners. That's right. We're saved because Christ saved us. If you made Jesus Lord of your life. So the prayer team's up here. Whatever prayer you may need. But most of all, if you're not right with God, if you're still living as the world lives, or you need some cleaning up, let the prayer team pray with you. We're serious about that. We're serious about your salvation. We don't make sure you go to heaven when you die. And we don't want to have no excuses. We don't, we don't want you to get to heaven. And God's, God says, well, what are you doing here? I'm just making this up. 
do you deserve this? Well, yeah, I went to Perry Hall Family Worship Center. That should get me in. That's not going to get you in. That's not going to get you in. The only thing that's going to get you in is Jesus, is accepting him. Not religion, not growing up in a church. And, you know, I grew up in a church as well. I did all the stuff that you do when you grow up in church. But if I would have died, I wouldn't have went to hell. I don't know how to put it simple that way. Because that's religion. So if you're not sure where you're at with God, let the prayer team pray with you. Or if you're going through a situation, whatever it may be, health, finances, marriage, God wants to heal. God's a God that heals. Amen? Let's pray. I'm going to pray, and then the worship team will close us out. And then um, while they're they're still worshiping, I'm going to circle around, and I'm going to go out and get the snowball before you still. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word. Yes, it's sharp sometimes. It's piercing your word. But Father, we need to hear it. And Lord, I thank you for bringing us to where we're at today, Lord, in you. I pray that if anyone doesn't know you, they would get serious about their relationship and they will come forward and get prayer and not leave this place without that. But Lord, as we continue to remember where we were and how important the death and resurrection of your son was for each and every one of us, Father. It will help us continue to move on because each and every one of us need you. Lord, I thank you for this time. Lord, I pray for I pray for our Thursday. I pray for our Friday prayer time. I pray for people to get charged up to pray, to get charged up to fast, whatever they can do, fast and spend more time with you. I thank you for that. I thank you for this church and I pray blessings upon it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Well, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope you were blessed by the service and I hope God was really speaking to you. Let me encourage you to go to the church website at perryhall.life and click on the Jesus link. This will tell you a little bit more about how to get that personal relationship with Jesus Christ to make him Lord and Savior of your life. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you tune in next Sunday at 11 a.m. as well. Thank you, God bless you and have a great day.